Section thirty one of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Novella Serena. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume six, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section 31. When it was the six hundred and twentieth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the treasurer informed the king that all in the treasury had been plundered, including the two pairs of saddlebags, the king's reason flew from his head, and he rose to his feet, saying, Go thou before me. Then he followed the treasurer to the treasury, and he found nothing there. Whereat he was wroth with him, and he said to them, O soldiers, know that my treasury hath been plundered during the night, and I know not who did this deed, and dared thus to outrage me without fear of me. Said they, How so? And he replied, Ask the treasurer. So they questioned him, and he answered, saying, Yesterday I visited the treasury, and it was full. But this morning, when I entered it, I found it empty, though the walls were unpierced and the doors unbroken. They all marvelled at this, and could make the king no answer, when in came the janissary, who had denounced Salim and Salim, and said to Shams al-Dallah, O king of the age, all this night I have not slept for that which I saw. And the king asked, And what didst thou see? No, O king of the age, answered the kavas that all night long I have been amusing myself with watching builders at work, and, when it was day, I saw a palace ready edified, whose like is not in the world. So I asked about it, and was told that Judar had come back with great wealth and mamelukes and slaves, and that he had freed his two brothers from prison, and built this palace, wherein he is as a sultan. Quoth the king, Go, look in the prison. So they went thither, and not finding Salim and Salim, returned and told the king, who said, It is plain now who be the thief. He who took Salim and Salim out of prison it is, who hath stolen my monies. Quoth the vizier, O oh, my lord, and who is he? And quoth the king, Their brother Judar, and he hath taken the two pairs of saddle-bags. But, O oh, vizier, do thou send him an emir with fifty men to seal up his goods and lay hands on him and his brothers, and bring them to me, that I may hang them. And he was sore enraged, and said, Ho, off with the emir at once, and fetch them, that I may put them to death. But the vizier said to him, Be thou merciful, for Allah is merciful, and hasteth not to punish his servants, whenas they sin against him. Moreover, he who can build a palace in a single night, as these say, none in the world can vie with him and verily i fear lest the emir fall into difficulty for judar have patience therefore whilst i devise for thee some device of getting at the truth of the case and so shalt thou win thy wish o king of the age quoth the king counsel me how i shall do o vizier and the minister said send him an emir with an invitation and i will make much of him for thee and make a show of love for him and ask him of his estate, after which we will see. If we find him stout of heart, we will use slight with him, and if weak of will, 
then do thou seize him and do with him thy desire the king agreed to this and dispatched one of his emirs othmanhais to go and invite judar and say to him the king biddeth thee to a banquet and the king said to him return not except with him now this othman was a fool proud and conceited so he went forth upon his errand and when he came to the gate of judar's palace he saw before the door a eunuch seated upon a chair of gold who at his approach rose not but sat as if none came near though there were with the emir fifty footmen now this eunuch was none other than al-ra'ad al-kasif the servant of the ring whom judar had commanded to put on the guise of a eunuch and sit at the palace gate so the emir rode up to him and asked him o slave where is thy lord whereto he answered in the palace but he stirred not from his leaning posture whereupon the emir othman waxed wroth and said to him o pestilent slave art thou not ashamed when i speak to thee to answer me sprawling at thy length like a gallows bird replied the eunuch often multiply not words hardly had othman heard this when he was filled with rage and drawing his mace would have smitten the eunuch knowing not that he was a devil but al-rahad leapt upon him and taking the mace from him dealt him four blows with it now when the fifty men saw their lord beaten it was grievous to them so they drew their swords and ran to slay the slave but he said do ye draw on us o dogs and rose at them with the mace and every one whom he smote he broke his bones and drowned him in his blood so they fell back before him and fled whilst he followed them beating them till he had driven them far from the palace gate after which he returned and sat down on his chair at the door caring for none and shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the six hundred and twenty-first night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that the eunuch having put to flight the emir othman the king's officer and his men till they were driven far from judar's gate returned and sat down on his chair at the door caring for none but as for the emir and his company they returned discomfited and funded to king shams and othman said o king of the age when i came to the palace gate i espied an eunuch seated there in a chair of gold and he was passing proud for when he saw me approach he stretched himself at full length albeit he had been sitting in his chair and entreated me contumeliously neither offered to rise to me so i began to speak to him and he answered without stirring whereat wrath get hold of me and i drew the mace upon him thinking to smite him but he snatched it from me and beat me and my men therewith and overthrew us so we fled from before him and could not prevail against him at this the king was wroth and said let an hundred men go down to him accordingly the hundred men went down to attack him but he arose and fell upon them with the mace and ceased not smiting them till he had put them to the rout when he regained his chair upon which they returned to the king and told him what had passed saying o king of the age he beat us and we fled for fear of him then the king sent two hundred men against him but these also he put to the rout and shams al said to his minister i charge thee o vizier take five hundred men and bring this eunuch in haste and with him his master judar and his brothers replied the vizier 
O king of the age, I need no soldiers, but will go down to him alone and unarmed. Go, quoth the king, and do as thou seest suitable. So the vizier laid down his arms, and donning a white habit, took a rosary in his hand and set out afoot alone and unattended. When he came to Judar's gate, he saw the slave sitting there. So he went up to him, and seating himself by his side courteously, said to him, Peace be with thee. Whereto he replied, And on thee be peace, O mortal. What wilt thou? When the vizier heard him say, O mortal, he knew him to be of the gene, and quaked for fear. Then he asked him, O my lord, tell me, is thy master Judar here? Answered the eunuch, Yes, he is in the palace. Quoth the minister, O my lord, go thou to him, and say to him, King Shams al-Dallah saluteth thee, and biddeth thee honour his dwelling with thy presence, and eat of a banquet he hath made for thee. Quoth the eunuch, Tarry thou here whilst I consult him. So the vizier stood in a respectful attitude, whilst the marid went up to the palace and said to Judar, Know, O my lord, that the king sent to thee an emir and fifty men, and I beat them, and drove them away. Then he sent a hundred men, and I beat them also, then two hundred, and these also I put to the rout. And now he hath sent thee his vizier, unarmed, bidding thee visit him and eat of his banquet. What sayest thou? Said Judar, Go, bring the vizier hither. So the marid went down and said to him, O vizier, come speak with my lord. On my head be it, replied he, and going in to Judar found him seated, in greater state than the king upon a carpet, whose like the king could not spread, and was dazed and amazed at the goodliness of the palace and its decoration and appointments, which made him seem as he were a beggar in comparison. So he kissed the ground before Judar and called down blessings on him, and Judar said to him, what is thy business, O vizier? Replied he, O my lord, thy friend, King Shams al-Dallah, saluted thee with the salam, and longeth to look upon thy face. Wherefore he hath made thee an entertainment, so say, wilt thou heal his heart, and eat of his banquet? Quoth Judar, If he be indeed my friend, salute him, and bid him come to me. On my head be it, quoth the minister. Then Judar, bringing out the ring, rubbed it, and bade the jinni fetch him a dress of the best, which he gave to the vizier, saying, Don this dress, and go tell the king what I say. So the vizier donned the dress, the like whereof he had never donned, and returning to the king told him what had passed, and praised the palace, and that which was therein, saying, Judar biddeth thee to him. So the king called out, Up, ye men! Mount your horses, and bring me my steed, that we may go to Judar. Then he and his suite rode off for the Carine palace. Meanwhile Judar summoned the Marid, and said to him, It is my will that thou bring me some of the Ifrits at thy command in the guise of guards, and station them in the open square before the palace, that the king may see them and be awed by them, so that his heart may tremble, and he shall know that my power and majesty be greater than his. Thereupon Al-Rad brought him two hundred Ifrits of great stature and strength in the guise of guards, magnificently armed and equipped. And when the king came and saw these tall burly fellows, his heart feared them. 
Then he entered the palace and found Judar sitting in such state as nor king nor sultan could even. So he saluted him and made his obeisance to him. Yet Judar rose not to him, nor did him honour, nor said, Be seated, but left him standing. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the six hundred and twenty-second night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the king entered, Judar rose not to him, nor did him honour, nor even said, Be seated, but left him standing, so that fear entered into him, and he could neither sit nor go away, and said to himself, If he feared me, he would not leave me thus unheeded, peradventure he will do me a mischief, because of what I did with his brothers. Then said Judar, O king of the age, it beseemeth not the like of thee to wrong the folk, and to take away their good. Replied the king, O my lord, deign excuse me, for greed impelled me to this, and fate was thereby fulfilled. And, were there no offending, there would be no forgiving. And he went on to excuse himself for the past, and pray to him for pardon and indulgence, till he recited amongst other things this poetry. O thou of generous seed and true nobility, reproach me not for that which came from me to thee. We pardon thee if thou have wrought us any wrong, and if I wrought the wrong, I pray thee pardon me. And he ceased not to humble himself before him, till he said, Allah pardon thee, and bade him be seated. So he sat down, and Judar invested him with garments of pardon and immunity, and ordered his brothers spread the table. When they had eaten, he clad the whole of the king's company in robes of honour, and gave them largesse, after which he bade the king depart. So he went forth, and thereafter came every day to visit Judar, and held not his divan, save in his house. Wherefore friendship and familiarity waxed great between them, and they abode thus a while, till one day the king, being alone with his minister, said to him, O vizier! I fear lest Judar slay me and take the kingdom away from me. Replied the vizier, O king of the age, as for his taking the kingdom from thee, have no fear of that, for Judar's present estate is greater than that of the king, and to take the kingdom would be a lowering of his dignity. But if thou fear that he kill thee, thou hast a daughter, give her to him to wife, and thou and he will be of one condition. Quoth the king, O vizier, be thou intermediary between us and him. And quoth the minister, Do thou invite him to an entertainment, and pass the night with him in one of thy saloons. Then bid thy daughter don her richest dress and ornaments, and pass by the door of the saloon. When he seeth her, he will assuredly fall in love with her. And when we know this, I will turn to him, and tell him that she is thy daughter, and engage him in converse, and lead him on so that thou shalt seem to know nothing of the matter till he ask her to thee to wife. When thou hast married him to the princess, thou and he will be as one thing, and thou wilt be safe from him. And if he die, thou wilt inherit all he hath, both great and small. Replied the king, Thou sayest sooth, O my vizier, and made a banquet, and invited there to Judar, who came to the sultan's palace, and they sat in the saloon in great good cheer till the end of the day. Now the king had commanded his wife to array the maiden in her richest raiment and ornaments, and carry her by the door of the saloon. She did as he told her, and when Judar saw the princess, who had not her match for beauty and grace, 
he looked fixedly at her and said, Ah! And his limbs were loosened, for love and longing and passion and pine were sore upon him. Desire and transport get hold upon him, and he turned pale. Quoth the vizier, May no harm befall thee, O my lord. Why do I see thee change colour and in suffering? asked Judar. O vizier, whose daughter is this damsel? Verily she hath enthralled me and ravished my reason. Replied the vizier, she is the daughter of thy friend the king, and if she please thee I will speak to him that he marry thee to her. Quoth Judar, Do so, O vizier, and as I live I will bestow on thee what thou wilt, and will give the king whatsoever he shall ask to her dowry, and we will become friends and kinsfolk. Quoth the minister, It shall go hard, but thy desire be accomplished. Then he turned to the king and said in his ear, o king of the age thy friend judar seeketh alliance with thee and will have me ask of thee for him the hand of thy daughter the princess asia so disappoint me not but accept my intercession and what dowry soever thou askest he will give thee said the king the dowry i have already received and as for the girl she is his handmaid i give her to him to wife and he will do me honour by accepting her and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section thirty one. Recording by Novella Serena.